When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 88 of the Burden Command podcast. I'm your host, Earl Breon. Today's guest comes to me from my friends over at Interview Valet, and his name is Corey Lee. Corey is an entrepreneur, business builder, and leadership developer who is passionate about helping entrepreneurs navigate business growth without sacrificing their faith, family, and fitness. He and his wife have built and sold multiple businesses in the healthcare and fitness industries. When he isn't helping companies and individuals grow, Corey can be found spending time with his wife and three children at their home in Mississippi. Now, Corey and I had a great discussion about leadership and tying a little bit of uh, faith and that fitness piece into it, and especially uh, family. Those are very strong tenets of what, uh, what Corey teaches. And I think you're going to love this uh, discussion. Uh, I was a little jealous. Corey was uh, in Gatlinburg, if I remember right, when we uh, recorded this. And that's kind of my backyard for the people who pay attention when I mentioned where I'm from. Uh, So we just had a really great conversation. And I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to have a lot of takeaways uh, with what Corey has to share. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of your way right now and let you get into this outstanding interview with Corey Lee. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. Uh, as I mentioned in the bio, my guest today is Corey Lee. Corey, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Earl. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation and uh, getting to jump in with you. Oh, I'm, I'm excited by this. If, if people hadn't uh, kind of picked up already by the accents, this is just going to be a couple country boys talking about leadership. So uh, if you can't speak country, you may want to go ahead and turn off now. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I'll say one quick thing real quick. We moved out to Phoenix, Arizona um, early on, and, and they looked at me and said, you're not from around here, are you? You must be from Texas. <laughs> uh, but we're from Mississippi. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. There you go. No, I love it. Um so let me go ahead and get you started off where I start all my guests on the show uh, with the the one kind of foundational question. When you hear the phrase burden of command, what does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, when I think about that, I think about a position of leadership. There's there's a certain responsibility that kind of comes along with that. And um, one of the ways I defined a leader is is really becoming the type of person other people willfully follow because of who you are and what you represent, right? And I can remember when we first opened up our very first business, and then when we made the decision to hire our first team member, that is kind of when I got nervous, and that's really when I really felt that burden of command, you know, because I could tell that the decisions that I made now, they didn't only just affect me and my family. Now they affected someone else's family. And um, so I kind of see I kind of see that and I think of that as a um, kind of that responsibility of leadership. And I think some 
some people can get crippled by that and other people it can it can cause them to thrive and for me it motivated me to become better right and if i wanted to add more value then i needed to become more valuable but that that's really when we hired our first team member that's when i i started diving into this kind of stuff leadership uh personal growth and those kind of things but to really answer the question, when I think of burden of command, I, I think of that responsibility that, that comes along with being that type of leader. Other people will fully follow because of who you are and what you represent. Yeah. yeah no, no, I love it. I love it. And that's it. You know, that's a big theme, uh, thematic answer to that question is is responsibility. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's really what it boils down to is is. I love the way you put it and you brought the kind of the, the family piece and being responsible for those people and their families. Cause you know, that, that type of human centric leadership is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's sorely missing in, in today's society. And it's nice to hear other people kind of championing, uh, that type of leadership. So appreciate you very much for that. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I truly believe is this, this world is really in need of more leaders, you know, um, values-based leaders. But I think even beyond that is one of the things that our society really needs. And again, this is this is just my belief, right? So right. I believe that we truly need a the family unit is what the world really needs and family unit that, that will reign in life together, you know, and uh, all of that encapsulates good leadership, being a good leader at home first and really being world famous in the eyes of the people that know you best, right? The ones that are closest to you. And then extending that outward, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that, and just you know, kind of build on on that uh, that that uh, family unit thing there a little bit. You know, ideally that's that's blood family, but it, it doesn't have to be restricted to blood family, right? Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, so you know, those that are closest to you, really. Um, you know, you've got that that if you have that family, family, that actual real family unit, but then. Some people, you know, they've kind of moved off and are away from family, but it's it's really that circle of influence that is closest to you. And when I think about that, that that's what I include with that, that family of people that are close to you, you're close to them, there's that high trust. And, you know, having those people respect and love you the most, I think is is key. Not just people on the outside looking in, but those closest to you. No, I love it. I love it. So you... um. You got this thing that's, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you do this program called Legacy Builders, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah. Outstanding. So talk to us a little bit about uh, that program and what you uh, uh, what you aim to accomplish with that. Yeah. So um, our Legacy Builders, it's really, it's a mastermind group for men who are either entrepreneurs or in the leadership um, uh, level and who, who really want to grow and um who aren't complacent and content and want to be around other men who are wanting to grow as well, right? And what really started that was when we were growing our business in the very beginning, you know, I realized that I needed to grow and develop, that I was the lead on my business. And if I grew, then the potential of my business would grow as well. And so, I, you know, I went to the courses, I went to the seminars, I did all the webinars, right? <laughs> right. And I mean, I had people who could mentor me and coach me from a distance, but I didn't have that 
that individual or that group of guys I could go to who I could ask questions to and that would understand what I was going through, that that understood that burden of command that we were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And that could hold me accountable to my commitments, but that it would also serve as guardrails as I wanted to grow my business, but not at the expense of my faith, my family, or my fitness, right? So, you know, I didn't have that. So as entrepreneurs, what do we do? We go out and build it, right? Right. <laughs> and, and and that's really what it is for. It's for men who are leaders, who are business owners, entrepreneurs, who really want to grow themselves and grow their business, but not at the expense of other things that are important to them. And uh, it, I tell you, Earl, it has been awesome. I've grown just as much as the other guys. And just, you know what it's like, you know, the old adage, the you're, you're the average of the five people closest to you. And Man, when you get other high high level thinkers, but also high level performers around you, man, that just up levels you greatly, and it's it's been fun. It's really been fun. Mm, outstanding. No, I love it. I love it. And you mentioned, uh, you know, rather uh, in your response there, you mentioned those those kind of five uh, five key areas: leadership, faith, family, fitness, and finance. So let's uh, let's hit on each one of those for a second here, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, why is, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but why is leadership an important area to focus on? Yeah, I mean, when, again, when I think about leadership, leadership is becoming, you know, it's being that person, that, that type of person other people will fully follow because of who you are and what you represent. And, and leadership is also having that commitment to continual growth, right? I, we've got three small kids and, um, I was doing homework with our oldest son the other day. He's in oldest son. He's in the fourth grade, and I was doing his math homework with him. I was like, "Man, these dudes are learning the same math that I remember learning in high school, right?" right. And uh, you know, and, and it got me to thinking that things are constantly changing, right? And, and change isn't just happening in the education sector; it, it's happening in every single sector, right? In industry, and if we're not growing. We're not just standing still. We're getting left behind, right? So mm-hmm. when I think about leadership, it's that continual growth. If I want to add more value to people, then I've got to make myself more valuable. And and the hardest person to lead is me, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that, that's part of that when I think about that is leading myself well first, then to those closest to me, and then out from there. Uh, when I think about that leadership. And I think that's a, I mean, that's almost a foundational part right there. No, I love it. I love it. I agree. And, you know, I mean, leadership, it's, it's, I think that's the thing where I see most leaders stumble the most is they, they set out to learn how to lead others without focusing on that key piece that you just mentioned there with learning to lead yourself first. Uh, Have you run into that same issue? Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's all kind of things I've seen there and, you know, when when we teach leadership, or one of the things I learned first off in leadership is to be a uh, be a good leader. One of the first lessons you need to learn followership, right? Mm-hmm. You need to know what it's like to follow first and to be under some leadership in order for you to to lead well. But yeah, I think we get messed up is when we hand people the the keys to the burden of leadership right and the burden of command who haven't that don't understand what it's like being under the burden of someone else's command you know and um i i think it's a great lesson to learn but 
a lot of us aren't willing to do that, you know? <laughs> right. No. Well, no, and I love it. And, and I'm kind of doing these a little bit out of the order in, in which you, you list them, but kind of segueing into one of the others there, the, you know, the fitness piece. You know, I, I like that. It's one of the reasons why I chose the cover art for my show, which is, you know, Atlas holding the world on his shoulders, right? That burden of command. You know, and, uh, you know, that fitness piece, it's kind of the same thing, right? You don't walk into the gym on the first day and throw a thousand uh, pounds of weights on uh, on the bar and then start squatting a thousand pounds. you you got to build up to that. And that leadership is kind of that... Uh, that work that that warm up and uh, working up to being able to you know squat a thousand pounds right yes sir one hundred percent and and working into that for sure you know one of the reasons I, I put that is I started thinking about a well balanced life too and fitness is one of my core values being healthy and fit and those kind of things but there was a point in our business when we were growing that. I was always there, right? I was always in the business because I loved it, but I wasn't getting to exercise like I wanted to. I wasn't spending the time in my faith walk like I wanted to. I wasn't getting to spend time with my family like I wanted to, and all those areas were suffering. And I was starting thinking about if we wanted to have that well-balanced life, that's got to be included in there as well. But you're right. I mean, you just you don't start at day zero and end up at someone else's day 1,000, right? So right. it's building into that for sure. And and I think um, part of our, our story is we – we own physical therapy clinics. We own some gyms. And I would have several people that were starting their fitness journey, you know, and they would say, well, I don't like going to the gym or I don't like running. And I'd say, that's okay, right? What do you like doing? Do you like playing badminton? Because if so, just go outside and play badminton, right? Whatever you enjoy doing, start there. Because if you're forcing yourself to do something that you're not liking, you're not going to stick with it, right? Mm. And um one of my definitions of a health healthy lifestyle is being able to do the things that you want to do without using the excuse of health as a reason not to do it. Right. Mm. So, so like if, if I want to get outside, if I'm seeing my kids outside playing and I want to go play with them, I can go do that. And I'm not saying I'm not using some of the excuses of my back's hurting, I'm tired, I'm fatigued all the time. You know what I mean? It, it's living that healthy lifestyle of I'm able to do those things because I am healthy and um, live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I like that. And especially, you know, there was something you said there that was it was just brilliant about, you know, uh, do, do what you do enjoy. Don't force yourself to do the things you, you don't enjoy. And I think that that applies even more beyond, you know, fitness into our personal and business lives. Uh, you know, we, we I'm sure you've ran into it. A lot of people who are just they're stuck in that boring job that they hate, that is miserable. Well, go find the job that you love and, and, and seek that out. It, it works the same way there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably spend a few hours just on that topic, I think, Earl. But yeah, yeah, 100 percent. But, but you know, when you're in that position, it's hard to see because you're in the weeds, right? right. <clears throat> but you and I were talking before we started recording that we just had our, our retreat, our, our men's retreat for that Legacy Builders. And I, I don't know how many, there, there are probably five or six guys that within this past year, they made that leap out into full-blown entrepreneurship, right? 
And one of the things that every single one of them said is, I wish I would have done it earlier, right? I wish I would have done it sooner. And I truly believe that, you know, we've been given life to live it to the full, right? And, and there's no reason to be miserable. But I know it is difficult when you're in that position to see that and to feel that. But if uh, if you'll just listen and, and just trust me and Earl <laughs> on that, uh, jump on out there, right? Get up out of that. Oh, no, I love it. I love, uh, I think it was Dave Ramsey once he says, look, he goes, you, you gotta, he goes, you got to do it smart. He goes, make sure yeah. when you jump off that dock, you're going to at least hit the boat. He goes, you may not get in the boat. He goes, make sure you're at least going to hit the boat. You may get a bloody nose from it, and you may have to swim a little bit to actually catch it. But by all means, jump anyway, right? <laughs> and I thought that was great. Yes, 100%. And, and and really, when I say that, obviously, you're doing it with wisdom, kind of like what you're saying. I think the first first step and the first commitment has to be a mental commitment, right? I, I'm committed to finding me a way out of here or starting that business or whatever. But that, that first jump is that that commitment in the mind, right? That mindset. And uh, there's a quote I love. I forget who says it, but he says, until one is committed, there's hesitancy, a chance to draw back. So when you're making that leap, I think that first jump is the mindset of I'm committed to finding a way out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, yeah, so we talked about leadership. We talked about fitness. Let's talk about faith. Why, why is, is faith one of those pillar points for you? Yeah. So, well, for me, faith is really the foundation of it and pretty much all the decisions that I make are, are based off of that. Um, you know, what I have found is whenever I am struggling, especially in that area, every other area really struggles too, right? But if I'm if I'm really in deep in that area, all the other ones are going well as well, right? So, you know, whether, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but whether you're that or not, I think we all can agree that we, we have a spiritual side of who we are, right? Mm -hmm. And feeding that side, if we're, if we're not feeding that side, the physical, the intellect, all of that is being diminished as well. So for me, that, that's actually more than a pillar. It's the foundation, right? And as that grows, everything else is built on a solid, solid foundation. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, I, I like what you said there, you know, because growing up in the South, I grew up Southern Baptist. And, uh, you know, I obviously gravitate a little bit more towards Christianity myself. Uh, but but having been in the Marines and, and traveled the world, I've been exposed to, you know, multitudes of other cultures and other religions. What you just said is is exactly right. I mean, that, that uh, nursing that spiritual side, no matter what you believe in, I've always found that those folks uh, are some of the more well-rounded, more centered people. Whether it be Christian, whether it be Muslim, whether it be Wiccan, whether it be you know whatever it is, that that simple act of of nursing and and nurturing your spiritual side, it 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 does. I agree with you. It provides that foundation. It provides you some. Well, we just use the analogy of jumping off a dock. It it kind of is the dock that helps you jump off of, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I like. You're right. It 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 is the dock. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And you know, I, I would imagine, you know, because uh, you know, watching your videos and as as folks get on here and, and get on your page, I'm sure that you probably uh, 
maybe attract more uh, Christian folks, but you know the the inclusivity piece there and 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 bringing everybody in. You're you're you invite all walks of life, I imagine, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, if if you have a desire to grow and you have a desire to be in an atmosphere conducive to more growth, then we're we're in that right. Like we're we're, we're not shunning anybody away. Obviously, because of some of the things that I talk about and some of my core beliefs, I do, like you said, attract um, people with that same type of of mindset and faith and those kind of things. But most definitely, we love. We love people who who love other people and who also want to grow and develop, and uh, we want to be surrounded by people who are wanting to grow and develop. We don't we don't want people who are complacent and content, right? Yep, there you go. Good. <laughs> so we want more people like that, and you know, as as you surround yourself with or any of us surround ourselves with people that that have a, a, a strong mindset that have a a desire to grow, man, that just it, it just adds the fire to you, you know. Yep. Love it. I just didn't want anybody hearing us talk about that and say, well, I'm not Christian. I'm not going to sign up with Corey. I, I think you need to, uh, I think you need to give it a shot and, and, and see what you learn. If you, you're looking for a program, uh, you know, I, I've not been through it, but looking at the videos and looking at uh, Corey's content, I think it's, uh, it's a good program. It's a very good program. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. Earl. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a problem. Not a problem whatsoever. Now, um, uh, Kind of moving on here, we talked about uh, faith, we talked about fitness, we talked about leadership. Um, let's go ahead and talk about family. Yeah. You, we talked about that just a little bit, but let's talk about family. Why is family such an important growth area for, for people who want to build legacies? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, again, I, I think life is, you know, we're, we're meant to do it to the full, right? And um how great is it to to have people to experience life with, right? Mm-hmm. You mean, I mean, I, I, again, going back to, the, I was reading a proverb the other day, and it, it said something like, you know, not no one is going to fully understand your experiences, whether for the good or for the bad, right? But if you have somebody and a group of people close to you who you can experience that with, man, how, how great is that, right? Um, yeah. w- when this really hit me was, we, um, again, we had the multiple gyms, we had the physical therapy clinics, and there was a time where we had CrossFit. So I, that meant I had to be physically present. So I would get there at 5 a.m. I would work at the CrossFit gym from 5 to 8. From 8 to about 4.30, I would be at our physical therapy clinic from about 4.30 to 8.30 at night, right? I would be at the gym. So you're looking at from 5 a.m. to 8. And there was this time where um, I was telling our son good night at four thirty in the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. And he looked up at me and he said, "Daddy, you going to your house?" And it mm-hmm. really hit me that I was spending way too much time away from the family, and and I I did not want to be that kind of person, right? I think we all know we've heard the example of, you know, you got the guy up on the hill, the big hill, he's got a huge house he's got the nice fancy cars but he has nobody to share it with right mm-hmm. to me that's not life and and i would rather do life surrounded by the people that i love and trust and um to me it's another just pillar of living what they say uh the good life right yeah right. <laughs> uh, that's just another pillar of it yeah no i love it and, and, and that story is great because uh, uh you know because because kids will tell you how it is quicker than anybody else right man yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that and that just hit me right between the eyes, right? But but it was a great it was a great hit, right? It was a gut punch, but it was a great gut punch. And it literally, it literally that from a three or four year old boy at that time was really a life defining moment for me. You know, I I got a friend that that I work with. He's got a similar story. Uh, he's got this old beat up. Uh, coffee mug with uh, Grumpy, uh, the, the the dwarf from the Seven Dwarfs on it. And, I mean, this thing is old. It's it's beat all the heck and back. Well, one day I asked him, I was like, why? You know, why, why, why do you keep nursing that old mug? And he told me it was a very similar story. He said, look, he goes, I was in a job that was causing me to do like you said, you know, leave early, come home late. I was being grouchy. And, uh, one day for father's day, I, uh, I opened up my present and there was this mug with grumpy on it. I thought, okay, well, that's cute. I like this, you know, I like Disney. I like seven dwarfs. And, uh, my wife, he, he said, my wife noticed on my face that it didn't register. So later on she said, you understand what that mug means, right? He's like, well, it's a father's day present. She goes, yeah. She goes, but that's what your son calls you you know when he talks about you and it's not meant as a compliment wow <laughs> and wow. he's like he's like that right there hit me right between the eyes he goes and i keep this mug to remind myself to not be that person anymore so i switched jobs and got my life back in track and re repaired my uh i think his kid was like seven eight years old at the time it repaired my relationship with my son but i keep this mug with me to remind me not to be grumpy again Wow. How about that? Yeah, that's an awesome story. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I love it. Um, and then last but not least, and I think this is a, a, a part where a lot of folks tend to think that success just kind of takes care of itself, and that's finance. And that's not the truth, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, <clears throat> and, and when I think about finance, I think about wealth. And whenever <laughs> I think about wealth, it's not just having a, you know, if you make $1,000, Per month, right? And at the end of the month, you have a dollar left. That's not very wealthy. If if you make ten million dollars per month, and you have one dollar left at the end of the month, that that's not wealthy, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's setting up not just yourself but future generations for success as well. And and finances, you know, I truly believe the world is in need again of leaders. Who, who are wise financially, because people who are wise financially that have a good heart, those pure hearts, and who can make things happen, man, they can make things happen, right? And, and the world needs people like that rich because they're going to do good things with their wealth. They're going to build, I mean, it's how are schools built? It's through money. It's how you said you've been all over the world, right? There, there's needs all over the world some people don't even have clean water well that takes money that takes finances right mm -hmm. uh you think about um th there's all kind of needs even in our country and those needs are met a lot of times with money right yep. you know even if you're just handing out food it takes money to buy food so i i think from a if we're going to be an overall well-balanced leader who's adding value to other people, who's making an impact in our community, you got to have that faith or that, that financial component as well. And it's being wise financially too. Yeah. No. And I love the way you put that because you know, a lot of times folks will say, yeah, but that doesn't cost that much. Well, even if it doesn't cost that much, it still costs, right? 
Yeah, it does. And, and you know, one of the things I found, too, both you and I are here from originally from the South here is uh, I was never really taught about money and yeah. how to handle money. Money is a tool, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I grew up with this, um, surrounded with this poverty mindset, right? Like more of lack and limitation. But th- there's no such thing as lack and limitation. You can look outside right now and I guarantee you there's not lack and limitation. You just look out at a tree and try to count the, the leaves on one branch of one tree. Mm-hmm. Bend down and try to count the, the blades of grass at your feet, right? There's an abundance. And I, I think what happens many times is we have this scarcity mindset and this poverty mindset that says there's lack and limitation. And we don't have this uh, understanding of how to, one, create wealth, but also a good good balance of how to use wealth, too. And um, one of the, a couple of books that really changed my mindset around that is One Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, many of your listeners have probably heard of that one. But then the other one is um, The Richest Man in Babylon has really been helpful for me. And basically what that book is about is <clears throat> living on 70% and then taking 10%. First 10% is yours to keep. And what you do with that 10% is you want that 10% to start working too. As you get up in the morning, you start shaving and putting your clothes on. Well, that 10%, it's out there putting its clothes on and it's shaving in the morning too, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's creating wealth itself too. Well, okay, so that's a, that's a good, uh, I like that. I, I've not read that that book, uh, what did you say? It's called The Richest Man in Babylon? That's correct. It's a real small book. Uh, we're kind of going through it right now in our our, our legacy builders but yeah it's it's a really good book it's written in story form too so it's good i like those that, that that's my favorite type of book is story form <laughs> um you know i mean it's just you know i read some of the the, the more technical uh books and I, I get stuff out of them but it's like it's it's kind of mind-numbing like uh, uh but i i love a good story so i'm getting gross in it but i like what you said there about that that 10 percent so you know without giving away too much of of the milk for free here like like what are some ways that people can can take that finance is uh, that ten percent and and get it to start working for them. Yeah, so so I, I guess I'll, I'll elaborate just a little bit more on that. So I stopped. I think <laughs> so. You know, you you got seventy percent that you're living on. You uh, tithe ten percent, however that looks like for you. You ten percent to savings, and then what I do is I have ten percent to an investing account, right? And in that investing account, it's not in, I don't have that part in a stock market. What I've got it there is I've got it there that I'm building up. And if I see an opportunity to buy another business, if I see an opportunity to buy a house or whatever, if an opportunity comes up that I can take that money and I can put it to work, right? Money is called currency. Mm-hmm. And currency is is to be in current. It's supposed to be in flow. It does us no good sitting there, right? We know that that we we don't we want to be wise with the money and not just spend it all the time. But our money should be working for us. So if if you're looking at how to make that money work for you, one, I would say find what you're interested in. Start with what you know, right? You don't want to you don't want to lose lose your money the hard way, uh, but you want to stick with the things you know. And the things I know is I like businesses, and then I also like real estate. Now, if you know more about the stock market and those kind of things, then I would start there. And if and if you feel like you're not not well informed on any of it, then I would find an expert 
and see if they can help you with that. Um, but but we we want our money to work for us too. Yeah. No, I love it, and and I, I you know, I've uh, maybe about a year now uh, ago, I found this app. And they're not a sponsor, but, you know, hey, if uh, Acorns, folks, if you're listening, uh, you know, we, we can talk. But have you heard of this app called Acorns? You know, I've heard of that, but I'm not, not very familiar with it. I've heard the, heard, heard the um, name of it. Yeah. So it's what I love about it. it it's for somebody who's in a situation like kind of what you're talking about there where they, they want to get started right i mean this is by no stretch of the imagination i mean maybe if you got really aggressive with it you may be able to make some real money in acorns but i just signed up for it what it does is um when you make a purchase you know you connect it to your your debit card and when you make a purchase it just it rounds up uh to the nearest dollar and if let's say you run into that uh scenario where you are at you know an even you're at one dollar even it'll round it up to two dollars right so you're always adding something whenever you swipe your debit card but it, it takes that and it puts it into uh, a, a an acorns account and then they have essentially there's three settings there's uh, aggressive let me see here there's aggressive and reserved and there's one other one. I can't remember what it is, but it, it lets you set your uh, your your risk threshold. And then it, it essentially does everything else for you. And, you know, in a year, just making normal purchases, not adding anything to it. You know, I've made twelve hundred bucks in this thing and, and just spending as I normally do. Uh, and, and I thought, you know, that's one of those things what you're talking about there where. It's nice. It's easy. You can get your feet wet. And, you know, there are a lot of people out here where 1200 bucks is a good chunk of change to get you started, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love that. I think that's a great, great thing. And you're developing the habit, right? Yeah. Developing a habit with that. I think that's great. Yeah. There, there's another one you were mentioning if you're into stocks. I've not tried it, but there's another one called Robinhood. And I guess you have complete control over all of the money you can buy the stock you want this uh, i like acorns because it's hands off you know i'm not even worried about it next thing i know i look up and there's 1200 bucks there uh, but yeah no and, and i agree with you and we see folks i think the other side of that is is you do see folks who do come into wealth of some sort and as you mentioned they don't have the good financial habits and Next thing you know, all that money is gone. You know, the classic example is like the person who wins $20 million in the lottery and two years later they're flat broke. You know, how can that happen with even just the smallest bit of financial literacy, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we see it all the time. And I even have a friend that he grew up and had an unfortunate event that his brother um, got killed at a restaurant and his stepdad, they were awarded several millions Millions, millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And within ten years, they're dead broke, mm. right? And 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 that hurts. And and you wonder, like, if you've never been in that position, like, how in the world can someone get millions, you know, and 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 squander it? But it it happens all the time with people who win the lottery or gain inheritances, and they're they're lost quickly. And what it is, they haven't become a millionaire themselves, right? They haven't developed the habits to maintain that lifestyle. They don't know how to handle it, right? 
And, and you can hear the story of uh, millionaires who lose it all. And then within years, they gain it all back. It's because they have become the millionaire, right? They've developed the habits that once they get there, that they can stay there. And going all the way back to what we just talked about at the beginning, being the type of person other people willfully follow because of who you are. That's exactly what I'm talking about is having that integrity that other people willfully follow. So whenever you you are leading other people. You've already led the most difficult person there is to lead, and that's yourself, right? <laughs> and and now you can stay in that position of leadership because you've learned how to lead. You've developed the habits. You've developed the mindset so you can stay there and not fall back. No, I love it. And I love the fact that you emphasize that willingness part there because you know, as you were talking there uh, about these examples, it popped into my head, and I'm going to date myself a little bit here for the folks who are listening who who remember who MC Hammer uh, is. But, you know, there was this big thing uh, on him. You know, he made something like it was like $165 million through his the first part of his career, and like he ended up flat busted. And somebody asked him that question in an interview. He's like, how? He said, look, he goes, $165 million doesn't last very long when you're paying all your friends $100,000 a year to be your friends. Mm. And, and and I think that was exactly what you said there. You know, the when you get that type of wealth, you, you'll really quickly figure out who wants to be around you and who wants to be around your money, right? Mm, that's right. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. 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 So... Uh, you know, for folks who aren't familiar, who aren't podcasters and, and do this sort of thing, you know, uh, what one of the things I get a lot of times when uh, uh, I'm introduced to a guest is something called a, a one sheet or a one pager. And I, I got to ask this question because I love the way it was it was put on the one pager here as potential questions to ask Corey. <laughs> and, and the way they put it is, is you have an idea. Now what? Mm. So so uh, let, let's talk about that a second. So you have an idea, now what? <laughs> yeah, have an idea, now what? Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's good stuff, right? <laughs> so in the book, Think and Grow Rich, he makes a statement. And, and the statement that he makes is that, you know, most ideas are stillborn, meaning that you, they come in and we just let them die off. And what they need is the, the injection of life put into them. So kind of where I came from that was I, I was out at a conference and I had this idea just kind of pop into my mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> and again, my, my story, physical therapy, those kind of things. And I had this idea to build this three-story mixed-use building in our downtown area here. And I was like, man, I don't know anything about commercial development. I don't know anything about commercial real estate, all those kind of things. But, but Earl, the idea just kind of kept coming back and coming back. And so I started playing with the idea of, can I do that? Is that, is that something I can do? <laughs> and then finally I put a how in front of the can I, how can I? And when we say, how can I, we trigger that creative use of our imagination and we start coming up with plans and creative solutions. See, every single one of us, we have an imagination and we, every single one of us use our imagination but most people use their imagination to think of worst case scenarios. They think of all the ways and reasons why something can happen. Mm. But we can just as easily use our imagination to create plans and to create solutions and think of all the ways something is possible. So when I when, when got that question there, is, have an idea now what is 
okay, if this was a reality, how can I? What What are at least, what's at least one thing I know that I can do that if I took action on it, it would kind of kick the can down the road. And I will caution one other thing is because I've taught, talked about this um, is people get caught up in the how. And when I say, how can I, I mean, what's at least one thing you know you can do? Mm. One thing you know you can do, and if you took action on it, it would take you there. But a lot of people get caught up in the entire how. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do step number five and number six and number seven. And and that's the how that you don't want to get caught up in, right? Yeah. Uh, because that, that'll, that'll kind of prevent you from getting started. So on that, I'll say one last thing is I also think I, I kind of imagine it being at this long staircase. This You're at the bottom of this long, dark staircase. And the only step that is lit up is the one step in front of you. And many people stand there and say, well, I'm not going to take a step until I can see all the steps. Well, those steps are not going to be lit up because you haven't been obedient to the first step yet. It's only once you take that first step that the next step is revealed and then the next step is revealed. So I have an idea now what, what's at least one thing that I know I can do that would take me in that direction. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. It's, it's like the old, uh, uh, you know, the, the old adage, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like that. I, I do because, you know, I see a lot of folks, uh, you know, what was the, the kind of catchphrase a few years ago, the uh, analysis paralysis, right? Oh, they, yeah. They, they, they get caught up in that analysis paralysis. And, and you're right. When you try to do the whole thing at one time, it is it's very intimidating. I mean, I've, I've talked about it before on here when I started up this podcast you know, that was kind of what happened to me in the beginning. I was like, how do I, you know, what microphone do I get? What service do I use? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I tried to do it all in like about 30 seconds because I had this idea and I almost melted my brain because it doesn't work that fast. That's <laughs> you, right. You know, and uh, I had to, I had to break it down. Okay. I got to get the tech piece in place before I can even start interviewing people. Well, then I got to, how do I find guests? And that was a <laughs> chore because I'm sending out cold emails to people Hey, I've got this idea for a podcast. And they're like, well, let me know when you have a podcast. I'm like, okay, well, how do I get a podcast without having guests on a podcast? But I can't get guests until I have the podcast. So it, <laughs> That's uh, funny. Yeah, it, it's, but when you break it down to those segments there, you know, you, you find a way. You find a way. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, and we, we built our physical therapy clinic as a seven- seven-figure business. But in the beginning, I had no idea. If, if I would have said, how can how can I build a seven-figure physical therapy business? Like, well, I have no idea, right? I only knew the one thing I could do. And I can only tell you now how we did it looking from hindsight, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, um, that that's it. It's, it's starting. It's getting that motion going. Um, but I would imagine some of that, we talked about your, your five closest friends earlier, and I like that term you use, your personal board of advisors. I would imagine to some extent that that's where that personal board of advisors can come in to help as well once you have that idea is, is maybe having those people to bounce some of these questions off of, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, if it's if it's just me – having ideas, then, then I, I've got the wisdom of only one. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I'm surrounded by three or four or 
eight or ten other smart, intelligent dudes, man, now I've got the wisdom of eight or ten smart dudes, right? And they can see things from a different lens than I see it, and they can up-level my idea. And that's kind of the whole point of having the mastermind or the the legacy builders that we have. But even if you don't have that, I, I would say at least having somebody that you can go to that's an accountability partner, that's a mentor or a friend that that you can share your ideas with too. You know, there, there's you know wisdom in a multitude of counselors is uh, is a powerful thing. But I would also say one other thing on that: if you're mm-hmm. going to ask somebody what they think and get their wisdom, make sure they first think, right? Make make sure they're at least somebody who thinks Love that. <laughs> before we get their advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that that's excellent. And, and, and I, uh, uh, I'll add one more, one more thing to that because I've ran into this one way too many times. Before you ask somebody for their opinion or their feedback, make sure you want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, because I... <laughs> You know, I, I, I had this happen with one client one time. They were having some issues, and they asked me, they said, point blank, said, what do you think about this situation? And I started, I said, are you sure you want my feedback? Because it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I really want to hear it. And I gave it to them. I was like, wow. You, you know, I think that's another powerful thing, too, is I think we need people like that, Earl, is, is, is people that we hand the flashlight to who can speak truth into us when we need to hear it sometimes too, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's scary. It's like you mentioned at the very beginning, you know, we can lie to ourselves very easy. We're the hardest people that we're ever going to try to lead. And we're also the hardest people to get, uh, get to be vulnerable. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to take that introspective route and, and especially ask, especially ask somebody that you, you know, you, you consider a friend you care for, you, you love, uh, to to give you that brutal truth because it's going to hit you like a sucker punch. One hundred percent. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Well, Corey, look, we've been talking here, going on near forty five minutes, and I think we've covered a ton of ground. I, I really, really appreciate you being uh, on the show and spending some time with me and my listeners today. Yeah, Earl, man, I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like we could talk for another four or five hours, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I love talking leadership and personal growth, and ultimately, I hope it's added value to you, and, and I, I really appreciate you and the opportunity to add value to your listeners. No, absolutely. I, I've loved every second of it, and you know, I just want to ask, is is there anything that we hadn't had a chance to cover that you'd like to touch on before before we work to close out here? Yeah, you know, I, I think really we've, we've hit on all of it. I think uh, the main point, if there's only one thing that anybody could take away, it's it's really being the leader that other people willfully follow, right? Developing that, that self-discipline, those habits of becoming that, that person. So that's that's it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So, you know, hopefully people have been listening to us here for this past 45 minutes or so and they're, they're bought in. They want to become a, a legacy builder. They want to find out more about Corey Lee and what he does and what he can offer. Uh, what is a good way for them to find out more information and, and get a hold of you uh, to, to take advantage of your services? Well, Earl, I appreciate that opportunity. So I'm, I'm on all the social medias, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, those kind of things. But one of the things I've done is I created a, a landing page specifically for you and your listeners. And on there, it's got 
you know, it's got the little icons where you can click those and uh, connect with me there. But I've also got two downloads, two free downloads for your listeners. And um, that that webpage is CoreyLeeLeadership.com slash BOC. So CoreyLeeLeadership.com slash BOC. But on there, there's two free downloads for your listeners. One is um, kind of like this life assessment type thing where we've talked about, you know, being balanced. So it's got some questions on there. It's an assessment. You can see how balanced you are. But then the other one is a spousal survey, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> spousal survey. So you, you print it out, uh, hand it to your spouse if, if you're married or you're, you know, uh, significant other or whatever, hand it to them. And it's a great way to really um, get a great communication going too, right? So mm. anyway, got those there for you uh, at CoreyLeeLeadership.com slash B-O-C. No, I, I love that. And I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for that landing page. But is it it's kind of uh, it's kind of amazing that we ended up where we did with talking about that. Make sure you want the feedback, huh? Because before you <laughs> hand that page over to your spouse, I can guarantee you nobody will tell you more uh, more openly what your faults are than your spouse will. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I love it. And I'll have the links and all that good stuff up uh, in the show notes so people can can find uh, find this information uh, very easily. And, uh, you know, again, I appreciate it. I love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Um, you know, a little jealous you're in Gatlinburg here recently. That's one of my favorite places, kind of my backyard growing up. Um, but, uh, yeah, just thank you for your time and thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it, Corey. Thank you, Earl. All right. And listeners, thank you for being with us and spending some time with us uh, today. Whenever you're listening to the podcast, whatever today is for you. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns for me, reach out at burden.command at gmail.com. Keep subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing the show, helping it uh, gain traction on all the algorithms on the different platforms. Really appreciate you all for that. Uh, it helps these great messages like what Corey has here to to get spread further and uh, be seen by and heard by more people. So keep that up. And, uh, you know, with that, I look forward to speaking with you all again in the next episode. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.